0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nick Fairbaugh. I work for Pittsburgh Sports Now, Call Games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And today we are going to talk a little bit about the pit offensive line. They return all starting five guys, but could there be a shakeup on the offensive line that we could not see coming? We will talk about that, and we will also talk about the true potential of this offensive line, how it fits in with running the football and also protecting Keaton Slovis. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, we always appreciate that. That is always great. If you making sure to watch this, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all those great things. If you're listening to this, make sure to leave a review. do that as well. And, folks, today I want to talk a little about the pit offensive line because it's one of the most fascinating position groups on this entire team, in my opinion. This is a group that is – very fun to look at it's a group that when you look at it has a ton of experience maybe the most experienced group on the team to be quite honest with you and this should be a group that really works well together however here's something that i also look at and i say okay there is something a little bit awry here and that is that i think pitt is almost so deep in terms of their offensive linemen that there's a possibility we don't see the starting five that all came back start next year certainly possible that this happens right it's certainly possible you see drexel cradle minor warren hoy it certainly is possible that happens in the same place everything but here's the thing and i want to go through the starting guys one by one, because I think this makes sense. But here's the thing. There are so many talented guys on this offensive line. We have seen some of them play. We have seen some of them grow. We have seen, we've heard about some of them grow. That It's going to be somewhat interesting to see if all five of these guys hold on to their spots. And here's where I'm going to start. And I, I think it's interesting to start on the left side because I think this, in my opinion, is at least the most concrete of the players. I think Carter Warren, is the most concrete player on the entire line. A true blue, great left tackle that is going to be a starter in the NFL. He's probably going to be a day two pick come next year. A top 100 pick, has great traits, athletic, mean, very smart, very intuitive, has improved so much. He still has some issues about getting beat around the gate. We understand that. The hands can get a little bit inconsistent at times. Sometimes he plays with his pads a little too high. It's okay, though. At the college level, Carter Warren is a fantastic left tackle who will be able to protect Keaton Slovis's blind side. Now, when you look at Marcus Miner, another guy who I think is fairly entrenched, and they're probably the second most secure guy on this line, at least in terms of where he will play. And I want to say that where they will play, because Jake Cradle is going to start. We know this. But he might not start where he actually played last year. So that's something to keep an eye on, but Marcus minor is going to start. And so Marcus minor is one of those dudes that is just easy, steady. You're not going to talk about him a lot. You're not going to say, yeah, that guy is, mm, he is, he is something. He is flashy. He is just destroying guys. And that's really never what he has been, right? That has never been the MO of what Marcus minor has done. He's always been a guy that has good hand placement, good anchor, He's a guy that plays with solid pad level. He's not a terrific athlete, not a terrible athlete, but he's a little stiff in his lower body, a little stiff in his hips. Um, But a guy that isn't going to move bodies a ton, but will be such a roadblock, such an obstacle, a guy that has just all the necessary skills, core strength, all of this as a guard, to be a really good college guard. And he's just such a steady force. You just don't really see him get beat very often, very smart. So doesn't get beat by many stunts, doesn't get confused by any of these stunts. It's a very important thing to look at overall. And so when you look at what happens in terms of this all, Marcus Minor and Carter Warren should be starters, period. They should be starters. I think where we start to get into a little bit of a discussion here is the center position. Owen Drexel notably had... Some snapping issues last year. And this is the most interesting part of it all to me. He did not. And this is the most basic thing of the center position. And I think you take it for granted a little bit. You talk about the hands, uh, that offhand, the ability to work up to the second level, the mobility in the open field, the strength, the core strength. You talk about all this, you know, the footwork. We talk about all of this specific type of technical stuff, and we start talking about the minutiae of the position, and then we forget, yeah, they actually have to snap the ball accurately. And I think this is one of the issues that plagued Owen Drexel this past year. And I think he was a solid enough center when he was playing there. And so I'll say this. I think he's got decent hands. The offhand is good. I think he's – I don't think he has great strength. I don't think he has a great angle. I think he can be overpowered sometimes by that. I think he gets a little high in his pads and opens up his chest a little bit too much so he can get pushed back a little bit, but we don't see it a ton. Uh, and again, a pretty smart dude that communicates the calls really well, manned that hole really well, but the snapping issues were all there. And Owen Drexel is also not a fantastic athlete. He's a fine athlete, but he's not going to you know drop your jaw in terms of his athleticism. And so here's the thing. When you look at someone like Owen Drexel, who's a really good leader, has a lot of good intangible traits, but has the snapping issue, he is not. And I I really want to be blunt here because I think it kind of brings home the point. I don't think Owen Drexel with those snapping issues is 100% a good enough player to stave off other prospective guys. Specifically, I think this is where Jay Cradle could come in at center. We knew he had center capability. He broke a swivel at right guard. Last year was a phenomenal right guard, real mover, very good athlete, guy that can move well, strong as an ox. I mean, one of the strongest players on this football team, period. A guy that just understands angles, Uh, a guy that has the core strength necessary. Now there are issues. And I think the hand usage can get a little bit, uh, his hands can get a little wide. And I think that can be an issue for him at times. I think at times he can get a little over-aggressive and almost lunge forward and flat back himself. Um, But I think he's a good player. And I think those hands are really quick. The hand speed's quick. He's got good punches. He's got strong punches. The punch timing's there. It's all in sync. You have independent hands. It's all showcased really well there. And so when you look at a guy like, say, a, a Cradle, I think you have, interior flexibility with him. And I think it's centered. This is where he could come in. And then I think you get to Gabe Hoy, who is an interesting player. Uh, I think he's a good player. I, I, I don't think I didn't say interesting in a bad way. He's a good player, uh, not a phenomenal athlete, but a really good, powerful player, a guy that can move well, marginal athlete, but that's okay. He's powerful. He's strong. He's got great core strength. Deals with power rushers really well. Doesn't have great length, with that, which I think at the tackle position can get him a little bit, and with that athleticism, he doesn't have that length to overcompensate for it, so it makes me think he's the guard. And so I think you can look at him sometimes get beat a little bit too much there, and that's the thing. I think when you look at Gabe Hoy, I think he's going to actually fit in at right guard really well if that's where he ends up moving i think he's a natural guard i think that's where he's going to play at the nfl i think he's a guy that you know can swing inside out is what i say you know he can be a guy that can play outside if need be maybe not what you want but he could do it if it's necessary and i think in really this realm i think he's just going to be a better guard he's more stationary there he's more stable and he's a guy that has every skill set strength-wise and hand usage-wise as well as pad level-wise that, that makes sense for him to be there. And his length is going to be at least average to above average inside, while it might just be average to below average at tackle. And I think that's really important to look at. So I think he's a natural right guard. So I think your starting four could be from left to right, Warren at left tackle, minor at left guard, cradle at center, and then Hoy at right guard. And we're just talking through kind of possibilities. Obviously, I will not discredit Owen Dirk, so he has a really good summer, and he's the starting center. So let's let's be real about that. He is the starting center if that ends up happening. Um, if he really fixes those snapping issues and he shows consistency, he will be the starting center, and then we're just talking about the same lineup from last year. But I think there's a, a there can be a little bit of a shakeup here in this rotation, and that's what I want to really point out. Out. Now, I want to talk about some of the guys that could fill in at their right tackle spot, other guys that could push some other guys, you know, some of the younger guys for playing time. And then I want to talk about the fit within Frank's offense and with Keaton Slows and why this is so important. But first, let me let you know about Built Bar, because, folks, Built Bar is the first ever protein bar that is covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, this is covered in 100% real chocolate, and it's a protein bar, so it tastes like a candy bar but you get all the health benefits of a usual protein bar, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein. You have so many flavors to choose from, including the built bar puffs, which are the first ever protein infused marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Some other flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut, almond, white chocolate, cookies, and cream, and more. Any flavor you want, you can take a crack at. So go to built.com use the promo code lactotine and get 15% off your order use the promo code locked 15 for 50% off built.com all right folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast we continue to talk through this offensive line and the situation that pit is dealing with here in the trenches specifically some young guys that could step up or maybe even guys that are now, I guess, a little older that you would think of as young guys because they haven't played a lot. But a guy like Matt Gonsalves is the first one that comes to mind, right? A guy like Matt Gonsalves, who has started multiple games on both sides, by the way. So a a guy that has been in the lineup, a guy that knows the expectations in the lineup, a, a guy that has really flashed a really high-level ability to do some things. Although the end of last year, there were troubling things. And so Gonsalves has showcased the ability to, to be a pretty solid athlete. I think he's pretty quick. I think he's pretty nimble. But cannot deal with inside counters all that well. Kind of over can overset a little bit with his footwork. He can get a little bit overzealous there. He's a guy that usually gets to his spot but he's working through a, m- a bunch of different sets he's trying to use right now. And he's kind of trying to figure it out. He's kind of in this transitional phase. And maybe this is the year he puts all of it together because he's got good length. He's got really strong hands when he gets his hands on you you're probably done he's got really good grip strength um which is really a great trait to have as an offensive lineman if you have really good grip strength you probably are shutting it down and so that's one of the great traits i love about him and in the run game he can really move bodies Uh, he's a strong player i wish he was a little stronger i think he i wish he was a little stronger on lower body and i think the core strength could use a little bit work too um i think that's two things where he could use a little bit of work but I don't think it's a huge detriment to his game, at least not this level. I think it's those inside counters that can get him a little bit. And I think when you look at him overall, just finding that that consistency with his timing, his pass sets, getting everything in sync and kind of timing it up because it's a kinetic chain as an offensive lineman. You kind of got to feel it up uh, overall, right? So now when you talk about him, he could start at right tackle. Gabe Hoy could start at right tackle. I can't forget about two other guys, Branson Taylor and Ryan Bear. And I have to mention Ryan Bear because you look at him, and he he was the definition of a people mover, an absolute machine in terms of moving bodies on his high school tape. Now, is that going to translate to the next level? We'll see. But what I do know is this dude is just an absolute machine in terms of his strength. He's one of the strongest natural true freshman I've seen come through the program. He's got the strength in the upper body, the core strength in the lower body strength. I just move, dudes. He's got the mentality to do it too. Now he's green around the edges. He's got to use the hand usage a little bit better. He's got to understand how to get to his spots. We saw him in the spring game get beat by John Morgan. Cause he couldn't get enough depth on his jump set to get, to his spot and so Morgan just beat him around the edge and so you look at that and I don't think he's a bad athlete I think he's actually quite a good athlete and I think he can move to the second level I think he can move in space well and so really it's all about just consistency he's a true freshman so you're gonna need time especially as an offensive lineman the rare it's a very rare thing to have freshmen come in and start on the offensive line Because it's such a delicate position. It's such a complicated position that a lot of the guys need a year. And so if you need a year, it's whatever. But he can compete there. He's got the natural talent to do it. I think if he catches on enough, he could potentially do that. Branson Taylor's a huge dude. Might be more of a guard. Uh, Not for the length purposes, though. Um, But I think he's a little heavy-footed. Maybe a little... Uh, too heavy-footed at times. And so he might not be able to get enough depth on, say, a 45-degree set uh, where he's taking, you know, big, deep drops, those wide nines. So look at those speed rushers, the speed rushers that can beat you around the edge, that have that explosiveness, can beat you. I think that's something to look for. Now, we haven't seen – we didn't see him in the spring game. We'll see there what his – you know, what his issues is there, if those are fixed or whatever. I think he could fit in guard at guard maybe a little bit better. Um, Use his strength. Use his size. Use his hands better. Uh, pad level needs to improve a little bit. This is a guy that, though, is very naturally talented and is, is really caught on uh, amongst staff as, as a pretty big favorite. And so uh, I think he's a fun player to look for as well. And then you go to the interior, and you really have three guys you have to, to highlight. Uh, Ryan Jacoby, the Ohio State transfer, is the first one. Uh, he is a guy that is described as just a real relentless worker, hard worker that comes in and is willing to do whatever you want him to do. The guy's just ready to be willing to do whatever he wants to do, put his body on the line and be a guy that's a team oriented guy. He's mean and he's improved a lot that this has been the, the, the stuff in the building. He's improved a lot, you know, getting on the field as that sixth alignment. He's proved to this team that he is valuable. He's proved to them. He's improved on his hand uses a lot. His pad level has always been really good. He's gotten the weight room, gotten his stuff up. His core strength's improved a lot. Grip strength's a bit of an issue. That's going to be a big one to see if he can he can stay through it, finish blocks. Um, I think that's going to be something to look at. But this is a guy that that has a a lot of talent play both guard spots, uh, has clearly the pedigree, obviously was at Ohio State. So this is a guy that has a lot of natural upside. And then you also look at Blake Zubovich, who has played center, Play both guard spots. Kind of a fascinating player. Not the same people mover as a Jake Craig. Kind of the Marcus Minor role. Has to improve on his hands to get to that level. But really smart football player with good pad level and adequate strength. I think the hands are the biggest thing. Get those hands inside. Make them independent of one another. Get the grip strength down and get them inside the pads. That's going to be the thing. He can get too wide sometimes or he feels like he's going to get too wide and doesn't trust his hand usage and he gets kind of leaning forward a little bit. There can be a lot of of kind of being heavy-footed almost on that and, and being on his heels a little bit too much or, or sometimes on the, too much on the tip of his toes. Uh, he's just kind of going to be even-footed, fleet-footed, not let that – Footwork gets to him and get and the hand uses get to his head. But He's a good – he can be a really good player. I truly believe that. And then Terrence Moore, the, the backup center, uh, who we haven't even talked about yet, is fun. A very good athlete at the position. A probably the best athlete among these guys other than Jay Cradle. Uh, he's a phenomenal athlete that just kills angles in, in the run game. Guy that can reach the second level with ease, and, and he makes it look easy. Um, and, and that's been the big thing about him. He's a guy that in a wide zone offense, which Frank like that he runs – Boy, want to talk about a natural fit. This guy destroys angles for linebackers at the second level. He moves at a different speed than pit linemen do. You haven't seen a center this athletic come through the program in a long time, folks. I'm telling you with that. Now, because he's athletic, he's a, he's got shorter arms. He doesn't deal with power all the way, he can get eaten up by bigger nose tackles. So that's something to look at. The power aspect of this. He's going to have to improve. He's going to have to prove that offhand. He's going to have to improve the placement of that hand. But when he gets to the second level in space, he's deadly. He can clear you out. He will clear you out. And so that's the thing. He's going to have to be a guy that just kind of technically improves in the trenches there. On those inside runs, inside zones, stuff like that, he's going to have to really put it deep down. But when you get him in space, work him in wide zone, boy. He is a beautiful fit. That's even Frank Sinai loves himself some wide zone. So I love that fit. Not sure if he'll start this year, but next year I would place the betting odds on him starting at center. He's a really brute, really nice fit. and I love that for Terrence Moore. Now, folks, let's talk about why this is important and the importance of this for Keaton Slovis and why I think it's just so huge but first let me let you know about rock auto because with the ever number of increasing makes and models it's not possible for your local chain auto parts store to store all the parts you need winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while you can wait while a person behind the counter orders while on their computer folks all you have to do though is go into your pocket and access rockauto.com save time and money when using rock auto why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100 more for the same parts from a chains parts store or car dealership rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer they have anything your car or truck could ever need go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com podcast we're continuing to talk through some things here about the offensive line and we talked about what it could be there are a number of different lines we could see in terms of this but here's the more important thing when you look at Keaton Slovis one of the biggest things about him is that when he's under pressure he can crack a little bit and I don't mean that he's going to completely crack under pressure. He's not a guy that is 100% going to just let things fall apart in his head, but he can slide into pressure. He doesn't move in the pocket all that efficiently. He did in the spring game, which was a pretty encouraging, but it's very rarely you see a QB manage the pocket and it's suddenly different from one season to the next. It just doesn't happen very often maybe he can be one of those rarities it's happened before. It's just very rare. Don't ever make your expectation that a guy's suddenly going to learn how to feel the rush. But I think specifically having his backside protected with Carter Warren and Marcus minor, I can't imagine the two better guys to be the backside protectors. These are going to be guys that are going to make him feel really cozy in there. He's going to feel very good and he's going to be able to sit in there and really scan the field. And this is also something we talked about, right, when it comes to the time he's going to have. Not that Slobis can't move out of the pocket. They'll move the pocket a little bit for him. They'll do some stuff like that. But having a good O-line for him, and, I mean, it goes for any quarterback. For a guy that, you know, under pressure makes some bad decisions because he can't go from one to two when he gets off his first read even to the front side, that's going to be the biggest issue. And this is why it's the biggest issue because under pressure, he's a guy – that can really feel things a little bit too hastily, almost feeling ghosts, uh, and, and kind of move into pressure. He's going to be a guy that at times is just not going to go through that one-two read, that smart read, and make a bad decision. He's prone to bad decisions under pressure more so than most quarterbacks. And that's why it's so important to me. It's so important to me that you get someone like a – Carter Warner. a Marcus Minor on that backside, and why it is so impressive to have those two there, those two real Star words there, because it's a nice fit for, for Keen Slovis to come in and do that. He'll be able to work through his progressions front side a lot more easily. We talked about the backside stuff. That's an issue. The backside progression stuff, that's something Slovis is gonna have to fix no matter what the protection is. That's gonna be an issue. You now it could be lessened so by good protection, but still is an issue. You're rarely gonna have enough time, even if pitts offensive line is really good you're really gonna have the time to go one two okay i'm gonna turn back and i'm still gonna scan and then i'm gonna throw it now kenny pickett had some of that last year and so he might have some but he's not gonna have it consistently so you can't expect that to be the consistent expectation and that's what i think i'm trying to get at here but having this offensive line is huge any quarterback knows that the best friend other than maybe a number one receiver is Is a fantastic offensive line. You don't want your quarterback getting hit, and Slovis has been hurt a lot, and all of this. It's going to be a good offensive line for him to work behind. And, yes, the offensive line does need to improve a little bit. Yes, they have areas they can 100% improve in. And we talked about every one of them and what they could potentially do. And so when you look at what – Slovis and this offensive line are doing together. They're going to mesh nicely. And the wide zone stuff's going to help because the wide zone's going to take pressure off these guys in the run game. That's not been their strength necessarily. Not that they couldn't do it. They did it last year to a degree, but it wasn't their 100% strength. And so you have to acknowledge that. So they have places to grow in terms of the run game area, in terms of run block. Wide zone, this team has good athletes on that O line. You know, Carter Warren's a good athlete. Jay Cradle's a good athlete. You throw, I mean, you throw Hoy in there at guardy and he has to reach backside at B. I mean, that he can do that. I mean, he's a guy that is going to be able to make those reach blocks. I mean, these this team has the athletes to be good at reach blocks. Uh, this team has the athletes to run that wide zone scheme. Then they also have the mean guys on the front side, especially that left side where they can just clear, clear hall. And and, I mean, that's true. And so, this is going to help Keen Slois too because you get an effective running game up that wide zone action. But what happens? Linebackers start getting sucked in. Okay, I play fake it. Oh, there's Jordan and wide open over the middle of the field, or there's Jared Wayne wide open over the middle of the field. Saw a little bit in the spring game. Uh, Nick Patty specifically had this happen to him a little bit. Slovis had it a few times, but. You know, I mean, his receivers didn't help him a ton, but there was the one play where Jared Burden was wide open, and this happened. He threw a dime right to him, and Burton just dropped it. Um, so you look at what the Frankston mm-hmm. offense is trying to do; it's a very NFL-esque offense. So we talk about that, but the offensive line is going to have some of the pressure eased off them in the running game as well. It's going to be about the running backs to read, make that one cut, and use their explosiveness because all of these running backs are explosive in a lot of different ways, and that'll be their ability. That'll, that'll really showcase their ability to take some pressure off the offensive line. The offensive line just has to hold their blocks. It doesn't necessarily have to be people movers. Now, if they're people movers, it's a good thing, but they don't necessarily have to be. So I think it's a nice fit for this offensive line, a good fit for Keaton Slovis, and I'm excited to see what this offensive line can do, whoever the starters may be. There could be a shakeup on the offensive line, but whoever the starters may be, I'm excited to see what they do in the Frank Zignetti offense. All right, folks, as always, thanks for listening to the Locked On Pit podcast. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. And as always, hail to Pit.